You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. Well, Bryson, the draft is finally over. It was a long weekend, a lot of waiting for us Panther fans, but everything is in the books. Just running through the picks real quick. They finally got the left tackle they need, Iki Aquanu. They went QB trading up in the third round for Matt Corral. They traded up in the fourth for linebacker Brandon Smith. They got an edge rusher in Amari Barno. They also added some depth at O-line with Cade Mays, and then they got a corner in the seventh round. Bryson, we see the grades from all the analysts, and pretty high grades actually for Carolina this year. What did you make of it? What, what grade are you giving the Panthers for this year's draft? Yeah, I thought they did. I thought they did well. Uh, they filled some holes they needed, obviously, like you mentioned with the left tackle, and it seems like we talk about that every show uh, up to this one, hopefully. And um, you know, there hasn't been a left tackle since Jordan Gross in Carolina, and hopefully, those times are over with Iki Aquanu, and and he comes out and improves me wrong. Uh, I was higher on Evan Neal than I was on Iki Aquanu, and maybe even higher on Charles Cross than I was on Iki Aquanu, but. After he was drafted, I went back and rewatched some tape and, of course, knew that he was a Panther. So maybe I became a little biased and said that he was my favorite now. But uh, through, the, through the draft process, I did like Evan Neal better um, at left tackle, just being from Alabama and, and his tape that he had. But Iki Kwan is going to be very good. Uh, he has all the traits that you look for in a, in a left tackle and even can side in the guard if left tackle doesn't work. So. I like the pick. And then Matt Corral uh, was my second favorite quarterback in the draft uh, behind Malik Willis. Um, I was also a little upset with the way that went down because, I mean, you know, and as everybody else knows in the show, I really wanted Malik Willis in Carolina and they had their chance, but I, they came with the second best quarterback in the third round, uh, didn't mortgage their future. And if he doesn't work out, we can look forward to the next year's class. So, um, I was happy with that. Uh, and then, you know, just a couple other players here and there. Uh, Barno, fast edge rusher, and then Cade Mays, offensive line depth will never hurt. And the linebacker from Penn State, uh, Braden Smith, I believe is his last yep. name. And uh, he's a he's a freak, freak of nature linebacker. Hopefully can come in and provide some needed depth there. We don't know what's going on with Damian Wilson in Carolina. He may play, he may not with his situation. So we'll see what happens. But the corner they got in the seventh round is the second fastest player in NFL combine history. So I mean, at the very least, he can he, he can run fast in a straight line. So uh, I, I I've given them an overall grade of a B plus. Uh, I I wouldn't go A as of as of right now. Um, just I'm just kind of uh, too shy to do that because I feel Evan Neal is going to be better than Nicky Aquanu. Still, I I think that that is a real possibility. Uh, I hope. Aquan is better. Obviously, he's he's a Carolina Panther, but I feel like Evan Neal could be better. And then I think Malik Willis is going to be the best quarterback out of this draft. So we'll see. But 
Uh, Corral and, and Iquano definitely have some upside, and I think that they drafted well um, in the spots they were in. I would have liked to see them trade up for um, uh, Willis. I think he went – was the third round he went to the Titans? Yeah. I think it was – yeah, it was right after Willis. Then they traded up for no, – right after Ritter, I believe, to uh, Atlanta. They traded up to, to get – Corral, they probably got a little antsy um, there, but yeah, I, I yeah, think he was the B drafted. Plus, he was drafted eighty six. Corral went ninety four. So okay, eight picks later. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Ritter went before Willis, which was kind of shocking. But all right, yeah, I I, I think a B plus, and I'll I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I'm kind of where I'm kind of where you're at too. I, I I was kind of thinking a minus, but. I don't know. I don't know if we did this last year or not, but it's it's hard to give a team an A. It really is. Um, I feel like you got to hit every single pick out of the park, and at this point, we don't know. Um, and I hate projecting out because um, there's so much unknown with these guys. But I feel like with the picks they had, with the trade options they had, I felt like they, for the most part, nailed those picks. Um, with get like drafting the needs for those guys, and we'll find out if these are the right guys at those positions here this season. But I think Kiki Aquanu is going to be really good. Fits what the Panthers want to do. Was my number one offensive tackle. I think he's going to great off the field, great on the field. He's going to be perfect for them at this position, and we'll lock that position up for the next ten years. Um, Matt Corral. You know, I went back, I watched, I watched some extended highlights last night, couple, I, I think it was the Alabama game, the Arkansas game, and there was one more I thought I watched. I'm excited to see what this guy can do. If he can stay healthy, bulk up a little bit. I mean, he, this is finally, I, this is probably the first quarterback of Matt Rule's era that I'm excited to watch. You know, you know what you got from Bridgewater was not high on Sam Darnold. This is the first one where he it gives you a little bit of hope, a little bit. I mean, I'm, ta- I'm smiling right now. You guys can't see, but I'm smiling a little bit. I'm yeah. excited to see what Matt Corral can do. Uh, again, we don't know. He's a third-round pick. Uh, he slipped, and I'm just excited to see if you know how he competes with Sam Darnold, and hopefully we get to see a lot of him this year and really get to know and find out what kind of quarterback this guy is. So I like that pick. Brandon Smith, um, from what I've seen, I've seen a couple clips. Didn't watch a ton yet on this guy. Um, but I feel like from what I've seen, he's a hard hitter, uh, good in the run game. He's got some good traits too. Really all the guys after Corral were – they picked up a lot of guys based off traits, and Scott Fitterer said that in his interview on FNZ. I believe it was yesterday. So they're definitely going off traits, hoping these coaches can coach these guys up. But he he, he could add. He's going to add some depth to that, you know, pretty thin linebacker room right now. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. The Kalen Barnes guy, you said it. I mean, he's fast as hell. Was the first guy or no? Was it him? Who was the guy who signed the, his contract today? That was, was Barno. That, yeah, that was Barno. Barno. Okay. So, and both those guys, both those guys are really fast. So, again, they're going off traits. But, yeah, I would I would give it a B plus. 
Um, and I'll leave it at that. But let's oh, go. Or, to well, go uh, real quick, I just wanted to mention uh, if if uh, fans were looking for some videos to watch on Matt Corral, Chris Sims has a really good segment on Matt Corral with his podcast he does. And then also um, the quarterback school with JT O'Sullivan. Um, he has a really good segment on Matt Corral as well. Chris Sims says that Matt Corral was the best quarterback in the draft, and Chris Sims rarely misses on quarterback prospects. Yeah, he's then, nailed like every draft. Yeah, and uh, JT O'Sullivan liked Matt Corral a lot as well and had a lot of good film breakdown. So those are two resources that you can check out um, if you want to learn more about Matt Corral. Yeah, I'd like to see the QB school one too because I've I've watched that guy in the past. I saw his stuff on Pickett and Willis. I did not watch on Corral, so I'm going to have to check that out because that does I like that guy. He's, he's fun to watch. But let's go to Albert Breer because he had some reporting that I thought was interesting. Basically, in his report, Monday morning quarterback, I think that's what it's called. Um, he said that Fitterer said they had a deal in place to move into the second round. This was from, from Fitterer. It said, I had the card in my hand, and and he and Matt Rule looked at him and says, what do you want to do? And Fitterer said, we both just kind of took a moment, looked at the board, and decided the right thing to do was to be patient. Let's not overpay. Let's be smart about this. Let's not dig ourselves into a hole for next year. Let's inch back on trading with these quarterbacks. Bryson, I kind of think I know where you're going to answer this one, but do you think they made the right move in waiting and not trading back into the second? Because if they would have traded back in the second, they could have got their pick of the litter out of the quarterbacks besides Pickett. Yeah, I think that if if the reports are true that their board was um, Matt Corral, the number one quarterback on their board, then I think that they played it perfectly in waiting and not mortgaging the future. But, you know, as as Bryson, the guy who liked Malik Willis a lot, I think that I would have traded up and taken Malik Willis. But, you know, for the Panthers in the way that they had their, their board uh, reportedly by a couple of reporters – um, they got their number one quarterback and and didn't have to give away much at all, just a third-round pick and a fourth-round pick next year. So, I mean, I think that's that's pretty damn good. Uh, I was listening to uh, something. No, I know I saw it on Twitter. I saw on Twitter that Bill Polian said that Scott Fitterer had a masterful draft and that other GMs should take notes on what Scott Fitterer did in this draft. So I think that's high praise from a, from a GM uh, former GM executive in the in the league, it's well respected, and I I think that Scott Fitter is making a name for himself with the fans and with other uh, around league circles, and I think that's good in Carolina. So I think that for the way they had their board structured, what he did was was perfect. Yeah, I would I would love to know, and we probably will never know. Maybe in a couple of years when one of these guys are gone or fired or what, but I would love to know what they're what their actual draft board was of these QBs and where they had them ranked. Um, I, time will tell. I don't know if I really want to answer if they made the right move. I don't think we really know at this point. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how these guys pan out because I think I think we were all shocked. And maybe not the media because the, the national sports media had a lot of these guys, you know, couple weeks out, maybe not no QB in the first round goes. And I really wasn't buying that. I don't think you were buying that. And I, I'll tell you, I mean, I was shocked to see 
none of these guys taken in the second. I mean, I was like, what the what the hell's going on here? Yeah, I think um, everybody was. <laughs> so, but again, it was like it was a league wide thing. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't no team one or two teams believing in one of these guys. I mean, it was the whole league across the board. I think the, only the Steelers were really the team that had conviction on Kenny Pickett to take mm-hmm. him there. And if if they didn't take him there, I wonder if he would have slid out of the first round. So it's I think it's I mean it's interesting to really just look back at because every year I would say the last 10 years at least one of these guys is going to hit and be a very good quarterback in this league for a long time. Yeah. So for and there was a lot of I mean there was several QB needy teams in the second round that passed up on QB several times, Saints, Falcons, Seahawks, come off the top of my head that when they were up, they're like, all right, all right, here comes Willis, here comes Ritter, here comes Corral, and <laughs> it's the end of the second round, and none of those guys are gone. Just It was just an interesting draft. And I, I think, to, to be fair, that uh, this draft was deep in a lot of areas like corner and linebacker and defensive line and offensive line, so – Maybe they just they went best player available on their boards and 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 went that route instead of reaching in their opinion for a quarterback. So I don't think that it necessarily has a lot to do with um, this class not being any good because I mean Lamar Jackson went thirty second and thirty of those thirty one teams that passed on him are were made a mistake in that draft. So mm-hmm. I think that really just getting your guy where you're comfortable with is, is more important to, to teams than, uh, you know, t- taking a quarterback over an offensive lineman. They had a ranked as a first round talent than taking a quarterback to have ranked as a, th- as a third round or whatever. So I, I, I don't know. I think that, like you said, there's going to be one guy, maybe two guys from this draft that hit. And from the pre-draft process, both of us agreed, Matt Corral, before we knew that he was going to be a Panther, Matt Corral reminded us of Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that he has every ability to be that kind of quarterback, but it, it's really going to be dependent on the coaching and, and the situation he's put in. And I mean, from top to bottom, this is one of the best rosters that Carolina has ever had. I, I really think so. I mean, I really, there's not a, a glaring weakness now. Um, I, I, you could say quarterback, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that Matt Corral is in a good situation. So, so we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I feel like, you know, Ben McAdoo is going to have to tailor this offense a little bit to that RPO style if they want to get Corral up and running right away because, I mean, that's the style of offense he ran at Ole Miss and was very good at it. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. But, yeah, it's just interesting going back to some of these guys. I, I give the NFL credit because, and I guess maybe this is too early to say, but fuck it. Um, the talk about Malik Willis after his pro day was like, this guy's going to be the greatest thing. The throws he was making at the pro day were insane. And a lot of that was, and I, even the national media was talking about it a lot. And then to see a team not bite on him in the second round just kind of made me realize that even though the media and Twitter and people want to um, 
bring up the pro day by Malik, clearly that wasn't, you know, a selling factor, but I feel like a lot of people fall in love with these QBs at these pro days. Do you see um, people come to mind last year with Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, these, you know, rolling to the left, spinning around out of the pocket and throwing it 60 yards across the field. And clearly a lot of those teams, you know, they don't, they, they think these guys are going to take a bit to come along. I think, I think people don't realize how, how many of these teams really think that, you know, Malik and and Desmond Ritter even are going to have to sit, you know, for a bit um, Mm. to come into this league. And even Kenny Pickett, um, that, you know, he's going to have to compete. I mean, this guy ain't coming in day one and he might, he might, he, he, I, I mean, being a Pickett fan, I think he's going to beat out um, Trubisky for that job. But again, I think sometimes we get wrapped up in the pro day videos of these guys. And uh, in reality, that's just not the way the NFL works. Um, so that was, that was just interesting. I just think this, the, the drop back of some of these guys and them falling down was, it, it's, it's, it just intrigued me. It really did. Um, but enough about that. Let's move on. Let's something Albert Breer said in this same report, which I think needs to be discussed because Scott Fitter was asked about an FNZ two, And um, basically he left the door open for a, uh, a free agent quarterback. And Breer said in his report that the Panthers plan to kick around the idea of adding Garoppolo, Mayfield, or Foles to compete with Corral and Darnold. Bryson, out of those three, who would you prefer? Well, I think it's interesting because I feel like if they add a Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield, they don't really – that that says to me that they don't they don't think Corral's gonna be ready this year and that he needs a year or two to to sit, which you know very well may be the the realistic situation we're in. But I think that if they're gonna add a veteran quarterback, I said on Twitter and I know you know what I'm about to say, why not just bring Cam Newton back and let him mentor Matt Corral and let him get a full offseason behind this offensive line? I mean the win total difference between bringing in Cam Newton and bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield, in my mind, isn't astronomically different. I don't think that Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo are going to lead you to six, seven, eight more wins than Cam Newton can. So I think that for the situation that Carolina is in and it being the Carolina Panthers and having Matt Corral, the rookie, and Sam Darnold on the roster – bringing Cam Newton in would be more conducive to the situation for everybody. But of those three, I think that, I mean, preference-wise, I think Baker Mayfield is probably the best quarterback of those three. If I'm looking for a quarterback to come in and just mentor and, like, maybe play a game or two, probably Nick Foles. But if Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield come in, they're they're going to be the starting quarterback this year, and they're going probably going to play the full season if healthy. So – I, I don't know how that works out, but uh, of those three, I think Baker Mayfield's the best. Yeah, if you're going off pure talents, I, I, I'm siding with Mayfield. I, I think he's still got something left in his tank. 
and he's got a fire under his ass for this season from what has transpired with the Cleveland Browns. As a teacher, I'd probably go Garoppolo. I, I feel like he would add some value to Corral and in some instances, their games kind of replicate distributing the ball quick, you know, getting to your right reads and stuff like that. So I feel like that's kind of how I'd break it down. I don't want Nick. I can't, I do not like Nick Foles. Never did. I don't, I don't, I don't want him on this team. And he is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yes. And I hate it. It drives me nuts that he's got that next to his name, but um that's I would on I would probably go with Garoppolo because I feel like just the con I don't know bringing in Baker with Corral and then just other things that are going on with this locker room and talk about two big personalities and quarterbacks exactly and Matt Corral that's like two alphas in in the same quarterback room and I you know I don't know how that would work out I I I guess it does make sense that Garoppolo would probably be more of like the kind of go with the flow guy and be cool to to mentor some of these uh like Matt Corral instead of like Ryan Tannehill. Well and he, he did it kind of you know this past year with San Fran too. So maybe and you know I, I think one of these I feel like if they're gonna do it, I don't think it's gonna happen right away. I could yeah. see a Garoppolo ad like like in another couple of weeks, like later on if it if it were to happen. I still think they seem you know, comfortable with the Sam Darnold corral thing. I mean, we'll see. Um, I think Scott is just leaving that open because he wants to let other GMs know like, Hey, we're here. If you want to talk sort of thing. But before we get out, I didn't, I didn't have this on here, but I just think it's worth mentioning. It seemed like to me, and I'll get, get your take on this, that Carolina was, you know, somewhat close to dealing for Baker before they got Corral. I think we at least need to mention that or discuss it a little bit because I felt like on Friday at one point, Baker Mayfield by the end of the night was going to be a Panther. Like it seemed like shit was heating up, but then you see the reports by Josina Anderson that like mid, like at the second round, they were nowhere near, you know, agreeing on anything. So like, yeah, you see the mixed messaging um from reports but i just think it's interesting because I, I remember i messaged some of my buddies back home and i was like well this this shit this looks like it's going down <laughs> like if it just yeah, felt I mean, like it was progressing yeah you had like multiple multiple reporters like state uh stating on twitter that carolina and cleveland talks are heating up uh just have to figure out what to do with the salary um yada 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 and then all of a sudden talks have stalled and then like it was like minutes after that is when Carolina traded up and got Corral. It was like they they made the transition like immediately once the talk stalled. It seemed like so. Yeah, Carolina wasn't gonna wasn't willing to overpay and they stood their ground. So I respect that. And yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, they've done it before, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot say enough about Scott Fitter. I'm so happy with that hire. I wasn't high on it at first because I liked others better, but man, I I, I am happy that Scott Fitter is the GM in Carolina. Yeah, I feel it, it definitely feels like he has more control than he did a year ago, I would say, most definitely. Yeah, and absolutely. he's got a pretty good knack of what the hell he's doing. 
with and he's active too you get a lot of gms that are between the draft free agency and in-season moves like the three major parts of probably being a gm and besides you know the contract negotiations itself he is active and i would say in every single one of those areas and there are certain gms that are only active in the draft they don't like touching free agency as much they don't like to pay a lot for guys and he i feel like has a very good balance of all three um, yeah yeah and i think he's learned though from that because i mean i think they've learned some things from last year when you know when they did the in-season trade moves and you know going out and getting henderson the trade for sam darnold that was a mistake I mean that that definitely is a blemish on Fitterer is the the Sam Darnold trade because he was the GM at that point. But I feel like they've learned from that decision, and you got to just move forward. You can't you know you can't dwell on it. And I think it goes to show this weekend. Granted, we don't know what those talks were, but I feel like they've learned that hey, we're not going to pay another eighteen million for a guy who no one wants. Um, you guys are going to have to fit the bill on it, and and then we might have, and then we might have a conversation. But yeah, I, hats off to him so far. Uh, and, and I wonder how much that Darnold trade, because I mean, Fitter was brand new. I wonder how much that Darnold trade was Matt Rule with the final roster decisions and or Scott Fitter. I wonder if if it was going to happen this season, if what what Fitter would say differently mm-hmm. than he would have last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, let's go. Let's go to the depth chart. Let's look through it here because, you know, this for right now is where things are kind of falling, where the chips are falling with this team. So let's just go position by position. Don't have to talk about it real long, but just kind of what our general thoughts are on on the positions for the Panthers. And we'll start at quarterback. Right now it, it's looking like Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, PJ Walker, and then they brought in this quarterback from Elon, Davis Cheek. What a name. I'm not making that one up. Davis Cheek. <laughs> but Bryson, from where they were last year, it was what? Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, and Will Greer. Is that right? Christ, yeah, to start the it. season. Thought I almost I almost forgot about Will Greer. So a third, another third round quarterback. Yeah. What are you feeling? Are you uh, is? I mean, I've given kind of what I feel about about this situation, but are are you confident in this group? What's your thought? I don't think I don't think <laughs> confidence is the word I would use. I'm hopeful, uh, definitely hopeful uh, for Corral at least. I think you know if it was Baker and Corral, I would be. I feel like I could be confident. Um, in a decent quarterback room, at least. But I, I really don't want to see Darnold take another snap for Carolina, and it's looking more and more like he is going to be the week one starter. Yeah. And that's just like a nightmare for me. The but hope, I guess, is those three games. We can just, hey, he's good those first three games of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then fourth game, Corral can come in. So, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. No, Christian but seriously, McCaffrey. I mean, again, he's got a revamped offensive line. A healthy Christian McCaffrey, a different offensive coordinator that God, please God, makes third halftime adjustments. <laughs> so I mean, maybe you know he can string together some win, wins here. And, and, but I and do one think, thing that, 
Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say one thing that Sheena Quick had mentioned on her uh, segment on uh, Fox News in Charlotte was that, like, Sam Darnold has never had a quarterback competition, uh, well, since, like, his sophomore year of high school. So maybe bringing in Matt Corral and, and – and Matt Corral pushing Darnold could bring out some some good qualities in Sam Darnold, but I don't know. But like you mentioned, he's going to have a better offensive line. Christian McCaffrey is going to be healthy, hopefully, for more than a game or two for the whole season. And maybe he and, can and I mean, They got more. that bruiser, too, in Foreman. Like, so that running games, I think it's going to be a little bit different. I don't know. It'll be in- interesting. I There's definitely way more hope than there was last year. Yeah, I agree. Like, and that's, I mean, that there's no doubt about that. Let's go to running backs. And we, I, we talk, I just mentioned it. Christian McCaffrey, Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, Spencer Brown, Darius Bradwell, and then John Lovett. I don't know. I think maybe is Lovett a he's, he's an undrafted rookie. Undrafted free, uh, undrafted yeah. rookie. Okay. So, yeah, I think, I mean, this kind of they're kind of it seems like going back to the what was it 2020 when they had Mike Davis almost it seems like yeah um the retooling of the running backs i think there's good depth there yeah really absolutely. across the board yeah i think chuba is more of the third running back and like yeah. that's what he should be that's yeah. what he should be so i think that Christian McCaffrey and the and the punch of Christian McCaffrey and Dante Foreman a back, you know, Foreman being the third down back or whatever, short, uh, short goal line yardage. Um, and then Chuba coming in every now and then. But he, I mean, both. Foreman last year slid in when Henry was hurt too. I mean, he was the every down back, wasn't he? And he played, yeah, he balled out pretty well. So. He balled out. So that, that, that seems like that'll be good. I mean, even if I don't even want to say this, but even if McCaffrey would go down, obviously. Foreman would help, and then Chuba would probably fill in more of that, you know, the McCaffrey style of play mm-hmm. at that position. And then the fullback, got to mention Giovanni Ritchie. That's there. Wide receiver. This this is an interesting group because there is a lot of freaking guys. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, Brandon Zilstra. Rashard Higgins, Shai Smith, C.J. Saunders, Aaron Parker, and then there's a list of undrafted guys. Yeah. I'm not going to go through them all, but again, and I, I didn't even mention the guy they just signed. We'll talk about him because he's a return specialist, but this is a deep group too. I feel like Terrace Marshall's you know, going to get an increase. I mean – Ben McAdoo, you watch any of his offense. I went back to watch the Giants. I sat down and watched a couple of games of theirs, and he loves to run a lot of three wide receiver sets with a tight end and a running back. And, man, that's like his go-to back in the day with Eli Manning was that. Um so that's something to watch. I feel like Terrace Marshall is going to see a, a big jump in numbers this year. I hope so, man. That's, that's a deep group and one of the best in the league, in my opinion. So I think that if they can get a quarterback that can get the ball to them, they're going to ball out. So I, I'm really happy with that group. Yeah. And I mean, Shy Smith, there's, was he suspended? Is he suspended now or what's, 
No, not not as of right now. He's not suspended, but it it could it could come. Okay, okay. And Brandon Zilstra, I I, I think he I think that guy's always going to make the roster. He finds a way. He's good. I mean, he's solid. Teams. He's solid. And when dude. he gets the ball, when he gets the opportunity, actually, when he's in, like in an offensive role, he does. He catches the damn ball. So. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. he reminds me of Adam Thielen. That that's who. If, when I see Brandon Zilstra, I think Adam Thielen. Obviously, not the level that Adam Thielen has been, but I think I just think they're the same player. <laughs> like the same speed, like same mechanics, same color of skin, and <laughs> and it, it's it's just the same player in my mind. He reminds me. He reminds me a lot of Brenton Burson. Like, oh, that's an insult. But no, listen, though. And I, the only reason why I say this is I, I do, I do agree. I think Zostro is better than him. But Burson would make those like, you would not expect him to make like this play. And it would be like a crucial down, like a, I think it was like a fourth and eight or something that Cam had a couple of years ago. And he always just seemed to make those damn plays that you wouldn't expect. And you wouldn't expect Cam to throw to. And I feel like Zilstra does that a lot. Like um, the fake the fake punt to him, hell of a play by him. Um, he's made a couple crucial third and fourth down plays over the last two years. He just, he, he's like, and he's, he's reliable. He's not like this, you know, he's not this huge wide receiver that's going to get you know, seven plus catches a game and a hundred yards, but like he makes those critical, like crucial catches when it matters. Yeah. I don't uh, know. No, that, yeah, that makes sense. And, and that was what Curtis Samuel did for a long time for Carolina. And then obviously we lost him to Carolina or to uh, Washington. So mm-hmm. I think Zilstra has, has filled in in that role. Um, and then obviously DJ Moore, you know, one of the most underrated receivers in the league um, get, getting his contract and, he has earned every bit of it, and I think that if he his his touchdown numbers are obviously deflated because of the quarterback play. So, uh, and another we haven't even talked about Higgins. Like that guy again. That's one they added in free agency that is going to add. I if I had to guess, he would be wide receiver four. I'm thinking. Yeah, I think so too. And then who knows what it is behind him? But that I mean, that's a he's a good depth piece. Tight end, this is another interesting group, I think, because Ben McAdoo loves to use his tight ends and likes to throw to them. So Ian Thomas got the contract this offseason, Tommy Tremble, Stephen Sullivan, and then Colin Thompson. They also added um, Josh Babkicks. Babicus, I don't know. Some guy <laughs> added some undrafted rookie, but I'm curious to see because that, you know every year is, is this Ian Tom Ian Thomas's year? Is this Ian Thomas's year? I mean, this is the year I think we're going to finally see if this guy's going to get the ball and if he's going to take advantage of it because Joe Brady didn't use the offense they ran. Just they didn't ever looked at the tight end. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, I, and and it was interesting because one of the first things that they did after they signed McAdoo to be off of the coordinator was re-sign Ian Thomas, I think. So McAdoo it was high, and I think that he was going to mention that the, part of the reason they re-signed him was because of McAdoo 
and and what he saw in, in Thomas's ability. So I'm really high on Tommy Trimble. I think that Tommy Trimble is going to be a star tight end in this league if we can get a quarterback to get him the ball. He has all of the traits that you want in in, in tight ends like Kittle and um, those other big, fast, strong tight ends. And even last year, Trimble showed flashes of of the ability to run after the catch and block and and do everything you, you need him to do. So I'm really high on him and I'm excited. I'm excited for him. I think that he's the best tight end on the roster. Yeah, he again, he they liked they liked Ian Thomas in the blocking last year and he played that role. It'll be not, it'll be interesting to see how much Tommy Tremble is used this year. I feel like McAdoo is going to be the one to put more of those and you're going to see probably more two tight end sets too. Again, it's so hard it's so hard to predict though because if Corral is the starter early on, how much of Ben McAdoo's old offense is going to change with him in there. So just something to look at. Moving on, let's go to the biggest transformation out of this entire team, and that's the offensive line. It's it's insane. Left tackle, left tackle, Iki Iquanu, Brady Christensen, Cam Irving, and Austin Pleasance, and then left guard, I mean, at this point, you can probably slate in Christensen as the starter. Michael Jordan, Dennis Daly behind him. Center, you got Bradley Bozeman with Elf Line probably backing him up. Also, Sam Tecklenburg. Right guard, you got Austin Corbett. Deontay Brown is another good piece add. So uh, there's just a ton of depth. They added, they drafted Cade Mays in the sixth round this year. And then right tackle, you have. Taylor Moten, Cam Irving still on the team, unfortunately. Um, but, but again, I mean, this this was one of the worst offensive lines in the league, if not the worst. And this group could probably be top 10 this year, like seriously, which is crazy. Yeah, I agree. I think that they've made a lot of really good moves in this line to retool and Corbett and Bozeman, who shout out to Bozeman, was at that cornhole tournament that Roaring Riot hosted and just kind of connecting with fans. Him and his wife apparently just love it here. So hopefully he, he gets to stay in Charlotte a lot longer than one season. But uh, And then, like you mentioned, Christensen at left guard and Equano at left tackle. I mean, if that line can stay healthy, I do think that it's a real possibility that's a top 10 offensive line in this league. So – Whatever quarterback is behind it will reap those rewards and hopefully make the most of it and and be a decent player. But I think that going from what we had last season to this season, it's impressive. It really is. Yeah, I really hope I this I hope Carolina they got Corbett they locked up. He's like what three years I think it was. Yeah. So and if they could lock up Bozeman you know, for another couple. And I think they could, I think he's, I think he'll probably show out this year because he's betting on himself. I, he could have went back to Baltimore and I think he bet on himself from, I think the press conference he had with reporters. So he'll, if he does show out this year, he's, it's going to take, they're going to have to pay him. But I think that guy, I mean, the minute he walked in, he seems like he loves Charlotte. 
I mean, like you said, he's in on the Roaring Riot stuff. His wife seems like she's pretty involved online too. Like that's the guy you want in your locker room. And I feel like that's the guy you got to, you know, pay out for. And hopefully, you know, he shows out this year can get, and they can lock him up for a while because I feel like those are some of the, you know, pieces you want on your offensive line, but it's exciting because I don't think we're, we're going to have to bitch too much about this offensive line holding the damn block this year. Yeah, let's hope. Again, if these guys stay healthy, I think Christensen can be a good guard. I've talked to someone who's in the know with Christensen, and they told me that, you know, all he needs is some direction. This guy, he was thrown all over the line this past year, center, right guard, right tackle, left guard, left tackle. He just needs to know where he's going to go, let him train an entire offseason that way. And he'll probably be a really solid left guard. Matt Rule and Fitter, they said he was a great, a, a second round grade guard. I think it was like a second round guard and a third, a third round tackle is what they viewed him. So, you know, give the guy an offseason to actually know where the hell he's playing and he doesn't have to shift all around. People can say, yeah, you can slide these guys in and out. No, that's, there is, there are technique and things and different things that you learn on each side and to give him somewhere where he's going to have an actual home and know where the hell he's going to be and can train for that position. I think it's going to be worthwhile for him. Let's go to defensive line. And this is where things get a little interesting because some of these positions, I feel like get a little thin, but on the D line, a defensive end, you got Brian Burns, Yutur Gross Matos, Marquise Haynes, Austin Larkin, and then Amari Barno, the, the guy they drafted this year. He's very quick. He's got good speed. And then defensive tackle, you have Derek Brown, Matt Ioannidis, Bravian Roy, Davion Nixon, Phil Hoskins, and then they have two other guys that I've never heard of. So just looking at that group, Bryson, uh, is Ma, is Gross Matos finally going to take on this role? Is Haynes going to do it? Is it going to be a collective effort? What the hell is going to go on here? Because someone needs to fill the role of Hassan Reddick. Yeah, I think that they're they're counting on Gross Matos. I, you know, last year, flashes, he's, he's flashed to be a good player. And I think that they're really counting on him to take that next step and become a starter. I mean, he is a second-round pick, early second-round pick. So, uh, him paired with Marquise Haynes, who's also had flashes, very fast player off the edge, uh, paired with Burns. I mean, that's a lot of speed coming off the edge. Just hopefully they can contain the quarterback and not let him step up in the pocket, which is an issue we've had in the past. But I think that what they have now is is adequate. They have. Let's remember they have cap room still, and there are still players out there like Jadavian Clowney or Melvin Ingram. Um, a couple other ends, veteran ends that you could bring in that, that could take over that starting role uh, opposite of Brian Burns. So I wouldn't count that out as of right now. But I think as the roster sits as is, I think that Etor Grossmatos is the starter, and I think that he, he'll be good. I really do. I don't know if they're going to – I don't think they're going to replicate and make up for the sacks that were lost from – 
um, Reddick. My biggest, I think they're going to at least, you know, be serviceable. My biggest concern is against the run game because they struggled with that last year with Reddick there. And I feel like that is a big hole going into this year is can they fill that void and can they step up against the run? Because that, I mean, there were last year on how many times these guys would be ripping 50, 60 yard runs off for touchdowns. And it was just frustrating as all hell. And I don't think they got really much better in the linebacker room from where they were last year. And we'll just jump right into that. Cause that's something that that position is still, I think concerning and let's go to it. I mean, do you feel that way with the run game? I, I, I think that's still a concern for me. I just, I don't know. Yeah, if- I think so. I think that's fair, but Ionitis is, is a very good uh, run defending defensive tackle and hopefully Derek Brown can make that, that jump as well. Uh, and then obviously the ends will be up to it'd be to set the edge. Brian Burns has struggled in the run game throughout his career. And Etor Grossmatos was actually one of the better run defenders last year, I thought. So. Yeah, I felt like the yeah, some of the guys that were coming in in rotation were actually better than some of the guys that were starting out there when it yeah. came to the run game. But. So I think yeah, I think it's it is appropriate to have that fear still, but we'll see what these what this linebacker group does and filling some of those gaps. And I think as long as they can set the edge and stay where they're supposed to be, it, it'll be okay for the most part. Yeah. Going to linebackers, you got Shaq Thompson, Julian Stanford, Asur Kamara, and then they got Damian Wilson, who really we don't know what's going to happen with right now. Frankie Luvu, Kamal Martin. They got Corey Littleton. Can't forget about him. Um, Brandon Smith, they drafted. Kalon Tolson and Aaron Mosby. You know, I almost feel like Brandon Smith is going to be playing a lot sooner than than maybe they'd hope. I don't know. I feel like maybe they would probably want him as more of a rotational guy. And the way it's looking, I don't know if Damian Wilson, if – if any of that stuff comes out, that's true. I don't know if he's going to be suspended. They get rid of him and sort something out with his contract. But that's that. I feel like the middle linebacker position is is concerning. Yeah, I agree. I think that. I think that's probably the the weakest group on the team is is the linebacking core as a whole, but. Like you mentioned, Brandon Smith is a question mark. He has all the athletic traits to be a very good linebacker. Um, and did you mention Barno as a linebacker, Amari Barno? Or, I believe or did... I mentioned him in, in the edge group. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, a very, yeah, yeah. very good player coming off the edge then. But, um, but, yeah, I think that with Smith and if Wilson's not able to play, if, if – you know, if he does get suspended, that's going to be a, a big blow to the Yeah, and I was group. just looking. He's got a two-year contract. So he's, again, if, you know, because they, they asked about that with Fitter, and he was like, well, I can't talk about that. I can't discuss that right now. So, like, yeah, I feel like I don't even know if they know what they want to do with him at this point. Yeah, and, and Wilson is a was a very good run defender with a lot of tackles last season in Jacksonville. So I think that's why they brought him in to do that in Carolina. So yeah, that I mean that would be a blow. Shaq Thompson stepped up last season, 
played really well. We, we expect Frankie Luvu is going to get an extended role. So, and that I'm yeah. excited about. He's he's good when he's I on agree. the field. Yeah, he's electric. He's electric. So, Littleton, we'll see how he does in a different scheme. You know, he was so great with the Rams and then struggled with the Raiders. So, a different scheme might might be better for him with a little less playing time than probably with the Raiders and Rams. So, we'll see. Um, and then, you know, obviously we're just hoping Brandon Smith is is what he, he his traits can allow him to be, which is an elite linebacker. He has all the traits that you, the speed, the power, the size, everything that you'd want. So, um, hopefully, his coaching can can allow him and his 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 own growth as a player can allow him to become that. Yeah, let's go to defensive backs. This is probably the deepest group I think in the, on this team. I think that's fair to say. They got Dante Jackson, J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson, Keith Taylor, Rashawn Melvin, Stanley Thomas Oliver. We're not done. Troy Pride. <laughs> they brought in. They got a couple other guys that Chris, Chris Westry they also brought in, I think, in free agency. Uh, Nickel, they have Miles uh, Hartsfield. And then in sa- at safeties, they got Jeremy Chin and Xavier Woods. Justin Burris, they re-signed. James Franklin still there. Kenny Robinson, Sean Chandler. This group, I mean, some of these guys I would just mention, half of them were starting last year. And no. a lot of those guys are now backups. So I, th- I feel like, you know, the safeties is a good group. I think Xavier Woods is going to be really good for this team playing alongside Chin. And then the corners, J.C. Horn is your number one with Dante on the other side. And then you have C.J. Henderson, too. I mean, we don't even get to Keith Taylor yet. And that guy, I thought, at times last year flashed. So this is this is a good group of guys. It really is. Yeah, it's a deep group, and you know we'll we'll see how the pairing of Chin and Woods is at safety. I think I've been on record saying that I prefer Chin at linebacker or you know in the box more than playing safety deep. Uh, but he's he's a good safety. He he is a good safety, but he's a way better player in the box, in my opinion. And I think that he like in his rookie year. He popped like almost every game. He was, I mean, he, the broadcaster said his name. And this year, not so much in my opinion. There, he just really wasn't as noticed. And I think that you know that comes to playing the position that he was playing. But he thrives in in that box style safety slash linebacker hybrid. And I was hoping that that's where they were going to move him back up to because I think that one helps with the run game because he's a very good tackler, fast, uh, making decisions, filling the right gaps, smart player, and a good leader. Um, so I thought that that was going to help with the run game and then just, you know, and, and, and when screens and wide receiver screens, running back screens, like Chin's just a, all over the field. So uh, Woods is, is going to be a good safety. Uh, he struggled a little bit with the Vikings, but I think everybody on that defense did last year. It was not a good defense. Yeah, this group, one thing they got to do this year is create turnovers. They did not have a lot of turnovers last year, Carolina, in their secondary. Woods Woods had a few, I think, last year. I thought he had like two or three picks, a couple forced fumbles, something like that. So maybe he can come in there and, you know, 
you know, bring back Thieves Avenue. Um, but yeah, we'll they, about that. They, they need, they need to get, you know, create turnovers and JC Horn. I mean, he's going to lock, he's a locked on corner. QBs aren't going to throw his way, whoever he's covering. I mean, it was, yeah, proven, that was proven last year. So yeah, just, just hopefully he can stay healthy, man. And yeah. Be a bummer for him. And he's a, hey, he's looking good right now. I'm yeah, sure absolutely. you've seen those videos. I mean, those cuts he's making with, with uh, after that broken foot is, is incredible. It really is. That's why they're the pros making millions, man. I see that. I'm like, holy shit. The transformation from when he went down and what was it? Houston it was the Houston game, the dreadful Thursday night football game that anytime Carolina plays on Thursday night, it, someone gets hurt. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's a, it's a good group, good group of guys. I'm excited to see what they do this year because it could, they could really be something special. Let's go to special teams. We can't forget about this because this is another group where, I mean, across the board, everything is way better than it was last year. Last year when coming in, what was it? Joey Sly and the, the, the mean mustache dude from the Giants and um Lemire whatever the guy from Australia um man that the kicking group was like who that who the hell it was like roll the dice who the hell is gonna start it's seriously that was I mean that was like one of the headlines going into the season was who's their kicker and the and the Panthers across the board have locked up you know saying Gonzalez they brought him back they resigned him deserve deservedly so I mean 20 20 of 22 on field goals, had a Pro Bowl type year for him. They bring in Johnny Hecker, older, but still probably arguably the best punter in the game right now. Long snapper, long timer, JJ Jansen. You're going to have the competition this year with Thomas Fletcher, which is going to make an interesting training camp. And then the kick returner they brought in this week, and Scott Fitter. Hats off to him again, bringing in a guy with Andre Roberts, who's arguably one of the best returners in the league right now. I don't know how the hell that guy did not have a job. That didn't make any sense to me. But this, I mean, special teams, I think, is a strength too. Like seriously, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it, and like you mentioned, man, it's 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 great to know that Zane Gonzalez is back because I feel like every time he stepped up to take a kick, it was going in. Like he was. I mean, I, I don't even know. Did he miss a PAT last season? I don't think he did. I'm not I, – I would have to go back and look. I'm not certain on that. I mean, he's not a big boomer guy. I mean, he no, he's not a 60-yard field goal, but he is consistent. Yeah. I mean, 30 to 50, he's more than likely going to make. So Yeah. Yeah, so – and then, you know, bringing in a punter like Johnny Hecker, like I've said on Twitter, it, it's, a, it, it's an underrated weapon to have a punter that can switch – flip field position, especially for offenses that struggle to move the ball. So for Hecker to come in to Carolina was a great get for Scott Fitter and is going to be a, a a really good weapon for Carolina in games, um, you know, if they do have the same struggles on offense that they had last year. So Hecker, great. Roberts, uh, I think over the past 10 years, uh, he leads the league in um, kickoff return yardage. He had 101 yard return last season. He is 34 years old. He's getting older, but he's still better than what we had. Yeah, so. he 101 yards last year. He's still got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so overall, that's that's a really good group, and I'm confident. 
uh, very confident for special teams. Yeah, I think having a good punter is so underrated in this league. And you mentioned it, but I just want to reiterate it. It is a it's a weapon. It is a weapon when you can have a guy who pins it within the five yard line and you got a solid defense who can get your offense right back on the field. Like that's something I feel like that gets overlooked. And you know, we're talking about a punt god. I want a freaking name like punt god. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool ass name, man. Oh my goodness. Well, Bryson, we got to end on this. At this moment, we've looked at the roster. Have the Panthers put together a roster to compete, to compete for a playoff spot in the NFC? It's early. This is early prediction season. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I'm comfortable saying that just because the most important position on the field is your starter is still Sam Darnold as it sits right now. So we'll see what happens in training camp and how far along Matt Corral comes between now and then and go coming up to week one. And, you know, if he's able to play week one or at all during the whole entire season. And if they do add another veteran quarterback, whether it be Nick Foles or uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield, I think that if one of if Baker or Garoppolo are added, I feel I would feel that this is definitely a team that can compete for a wild card spot. Um, without, I'm not so sure just because of the uncertainty at quarterback. But other than quarterback, I think it's a playoff team in every other aspect of the roster. I think that if they had good decent to good quarterback play, then I think absolutely uh, it's a team that can compete for a, for a playoff spot. Yeah, I agree. I think it's too early. I'm just looking at the QBs in the NFC, just looking at them of who is probably going to start this year. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Again, I'm going through this list, so this might take me a bit here. Kyler Murray, Stafford, Dak Prescott, Russell's no longer there. Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter, Trey Lance, and Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke, well, actually Carson Wentz now, Justin Fields, and I think Sam Darnold, obviously. Yeah. So I don't have those off. I don't have them in a list now, but I mean, I, I feel like. Darnold's the worst. I mean, I don't think that there's really. Oh, yeah. I mean, without. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of unknown, though, with some of these guys, like Trey Lance. We No one knows what he's going to do. I mean. Yeah. And, and, and Wentz, Wentz in Washington. I mean, Wentz isn't a great quarterback either. So, um, but. All I can say is Jared thank, Goff, like, eh. yeah, yeah. Um, but all I can say is thank the Lord that we are not in the AFC with all with all of those there's quarterbacks. A, there's a ton. Oh of my goodness, man! Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I, we would definitely not even be close to the playoff hunt. With that's what took me so long to go through this list. I was trying to scrub through the, <laughs> the <laughs> AFC guys. <laughs> But yeah, that's it's loaded. Yeah, I think Carolina. I think they're closer, obviously, than they were last year. To contending, maybe that's too obvious to say, but like, you know, they definitely upgraded offensive line, which I think was a, 
a massive hole for them last year and played a pretty big role in their QB play, I would say. Uh, but again, you have Sam Darnold. No one knows what Sam Darnold is with a, a good offensive line. He has one now. So if he is, if he's, if he's this magic quarterback that they traded for, that was going to turn around his career. And Adam Gase was the issue. Um, <laughs> then this is his year to prove it, but yeah, it's again, just unknown. And I just, I don't think Sam Darnold is that guy. So, yeah. Hopefully we see Matt Corral sooner rather than later. But again, the guy's got to get healthy. He's got to learn the playbook. It sounded from what Matt Rule said is they're easing him into this. They will not rush him. And when he's ready, he's ready. Let's just hope they don't drag it out as much as they did Brady Christensen. Yeah. Let's hope. <laughs> that is my that is my only concern with that is play him when he is ready to roll. No hidden agendas. You already admitted it. Matt Sam Darnold was a fuck up trade. When Matt Corral is ready, put his ass in there. Yeah. What number you think he's gonna be? Any guesses? Uh well, I know he better not take one. Um, because then he'll be the yeah, most hated player on the on the I don't team. think he's gonna Carolina. I don't even think anyone um, would let him. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't know. Is is two taken? Yeah, DJ Moore. Tricks, oh, yeah, that's right. His jersey. I was right. looking back. Matt Corral's number in high school was two as well. Okay. So I don't see DJ moving back because I feel like didn't he have to pay like yeah, for the jerseys? Like that's I don't feel like guys are going to be flip flopping. It was interesting today. Robbie Anderson was asking fans about his number if he changed his number. So maybe Matt Corral wants eleven. Could be. So I don't know. I think, uh, what's PJ's number? Is it six? Six, and then Sam is 14. Hey, maybe number three. Maybe uh, Will Greer's number. I don't like – that's the reason why I don't want him to take it. I hope he chooses something else. Maybe like – man, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of previous QBs. What was Kloss? And he was two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Seven, eight maybe? I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm, I'm again. Let's go. 18. Nine. I like nine too. Nine could be a good one. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here on Panthers on Tap. We just want to thank everyone for listening to our podcast. You can catch every episode every Thursday wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate us, give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 